mi gente, welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. This is your host, Natalie Sofia, and this community was born from the need to create a space for Peruvian immigrants to come together, to support each other, to learn from each other, and to document our stories. The stories our guests share with us are deeply personal and paint a new portrait of what it means to be a Peruvian immigrant. I hope you receive these stories with an open heart and an open mind. So let's get started. This season of Peruvians of USA is brought to you by Ana Isabel Photography. Are you looking for a photographer who can capture your piece of history? Look no further. Ana Isabel specializes in everything from weddings to family portraits, and she's here to help you show up as your best self in every shot. She knows that having your photo taken can be nerve-wracking, but she is committed to making the experience seamless and stress-free for you. Her goal is to capture your essence in every photo and make you feel comfortable throughout the day. With her expert eye and attention to detail, she will freeze time together with you, creating beautiful images that you can revisit whenever you want to spark a memory. Whether you're looking for stunning wedding photos or timeless family portraits, Anisabel has the skills and expertise to bring your vision to life. So why wait? Contact Anna at anisabelphotography.com today to book your session and start creating memories that will last a lifetime. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please be sure to share with us in social media using the hashtag Peruvians of USA. All right, here's our conversation. Welcome, Brian Abarca, to Peruvians of USA. I am thrilled to have you here. I'm really excited for our conversation. Uh, please introduce yourself to members of our community. Yes, hi, how you doing? Um, thank you, Nat, to, uh, for having me. I appreciate it. My name is Brian Abarca. I live in New Jersey. I am Peruvian and Costa Rican. However, I was born in the U.S. I was raised in Peru, um, and then I came back when I was a little kid. I own a personal training business. I train people online and in person. I have my own gym in Union City, New Jersey, um, and I do some other things on the side. So you could call me an, an entrepreneur. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm always so impressed by entrepreneurs. Like it's just a uh... It's amazing all the skills that you need to run your own business and you need from marketing to financial skills. So like props to you for having your own gym. So that's amazing. Um, so let's learn about your Peruvian heritage. You mentioned you are half half Peruvian, half Costa Rican. So yeah, yes. tell us about your tell us about your Peruvian heritage. You can throw in your Costa Rican there too, because you know, Pudo Vida. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I'm half Tico. Um, and unfortunately, I Never met my Costa Rican side. I never met my father. So, you know, it's a very interesting story. Um, I'll start from the beginning. So I was born in the U.S. Um, I have a single mom. She's Peruvian. And unfortunately, she was, you know, she was divorced. She had to manage, you know, two kids. I have a sister. And um, she had three jobs. And my grandparents took the liberty to raise me as a little kid. So by six months, I was already raised by my grandparents. Um, my mother shipped my grandparents and my, uh, uh, and myself back to Peru. And, and I lived there until I was five years old. By that time I came back here, I learned English. Um, and then from there it was, it was smooth sailing. I, every year, every two years, I would go back and forth to Peru to visit my family. And actually recently I just came back from Peru about a month ago and I haven't been there, uh, since I was 12 years old. So it was a huge, wow. it was a huge surprise. Um, and the makeover that like Peru had, especially in Lima, I'm actually from Lima and my family is from there too. And um, the makeover there was just uh, incredible. You know, uh, it's definitely more modern since, you know, I was there when I was, you know, 
a toddler, a baby, and you know, a teenager. And um, it was great. You know, my grandparents they they were born there, they were raised there. Um, my grandfather he was actually homeless, and um, he was raised by uh, a, his wonderful aunt, and they lived in a house that was actually neighboring my grandmother at the time. They met when they were just children, and it was one of those love stories where they fell in love. Um, and they ran away together. They started from the ground up and, um, they opened up eventually after a few years, they opened up their own store. So you could say that they have a little bit of entrepreneurship yeah. um, in them. And yeah. that just came on to me. Right. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, they had nine kids. Okay. Two of them were not from my grandfather, but the other seven were, you know, I have a lot of aunts, a lot of uncles. Some of them live here. Some of them live uh, over there in Peru. And um, they lived the American dream. You know, one of them um, came to the U.S., went to the went to the Army. She was in military intelligence. God bless my aunt. And um, she was capable of bringing the whole family here. And here we are in the U.S. now, you know, third generation. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, half Peruvian. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away during COVID. Um, that's a nice conversation as well. And um, he died at 96. And my grandma, my grandfather, uh, my grandmother is still still around. And um, and yeah, you know, it's it's nice to it, it, it's nice to still have her around. Yeah. Is, is, is that that story you had in the panaderia, like in Peru, you were in a bakery yeah. or something? Is that is that yeah. you were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell so, us about that bakery. <laughs> yeah. So that bakery. Oh man, I forgot the name. Uh, now nah, you're 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 you did your research. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I forgot the name, but that bakery was literally two blocks away from from the house that my grandfather built. Um, it's in Lima, and um, I know it's in Angel Valenzuela. I can't remember the name though, Jesus. But um, the bakery still had the same setup. However, the smell was just the same. It was it was just it almost like I, I even explained it in the video. It almost kind of, kind of brought me into like watery eyes. I usually don't cry, but um, it just gave me flashbacks of coming into that bakery with my grandfather at seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning every day. You know, back in the nineties, um, and you know he he was almost like a, a hometown hero. Like everybody knew him. He was very nice. Again, like I said, he had, he had his own store. Um, and that bakery was was phenomenal, you know. Like I had the uh, uh, bandayama, amazing, uh, uh, you know, and other cookies, other breads. It was, you know, I, I gained some pounds in that trip. To be honest, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, if you go to Peru and you don't gain weight, you did it wrong. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> you know, our food is phenomenal. Everybody loves our food. I can arguably say that the the food there is probably the best in the world. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, you know, you might you might see you might see a few inches, uh -huh. you know, yeah, for sure. In your midspectrum added. Yeah, and and for those uh, for the Peruvians who don't know the significance of panaderias or bakeries in Peru, you literally go buy bread every day in the morning. There's no such thing as like you store bread. No, you get the fresh bread that the bakery like you know puts out every morning, and so that's and it's warm. It's you, warm. Like you walk home and it's. It's warm. It's, it's oh man. It's the smell, warm, the touch, you know, the sound of the bread, like it's a crunchiness of it. So yeah, Sophia, uh, Sophia. yeah. So when I saw that video, I was like, oh man, that took me back to also the bakery around the corner from my grandma's house that we used to go. So awesome. So one of the questions I had, you know, you mentioned you 
a single mom, never met your father, was raised by your grandparents. How did that yep. shape the man that you are now, particularly never having met your father? Oh, you know, it, it was, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm blessed to have not gone a different routes. Um, many Americans, not only Peruvians, but many Americans, they go a different route. But, you know, because of that, they make it a, an excuse, but I made it, you know, an opportunity, you know, um, down the line, you know, I could say that I can't wait to have kids in the future. And, um, you know, I'm going to be the best father I can, you know, for those kids. But currently, you know, it, it, it shaped me because, again, like I was raised by my grandparents. I, ra I was raised by entrepreneurs. You know, my mother wasn't really around. And when I was younger, I didn't really understand that. It was tough for me to understand. Um, you, could, you could actually say that I might have maybe resented my mother a little bit because she was always working. You know, she had three jobs. You know, she, she was the household. She was... She was the head, you know, my grandparents were too old to work. Uh, my sister was at in school. We went, we were blessed to both go to a private Catholic school. So she worked hard for it. I don't know how she did it, to be honest. But, you know, once I became a little older, I started realizing the little things that she was able to, to do and, you know, um, really pull out of her, out of her butt, you know, just somehow just like this, like worked it out. And, um, yeah, it was it, it was it was crazy. But, you know, growing up, just to kind of get into that story a little bit on on not meeting my father, you know, I was always I was brought up thinking that my sister and I had the same father. And um, I, I always thought that, you know, they were divorced, that they had, they had a decent relationship. I would see him maybe once a month and that's it. Um, but, you know, it, it was crazy. I remember there was this one time. I went out with, I went out with my, you know, who I thought was my father and my sister. And I noticed that like, they had this bond. It was like, I was like six years old, seven years old. They had this bond and there was an, they were in the front seat of a car. And she would always, he would always talk to her. I would, I would never be spoken to. Right. And I went home that one night and, you know, my mother told me, oh, you guys are going to go out with, with your father again tomorrow. And I, I told her, I was like, listen, mom, you know, I always get ignored. I really don't want to go. So my mother, I love her to death, but she has a big mouth. And she probably most likely told him. And the next day, you know, I've known him for seven years. The first time he ever spoke to me and had a, a genuine conversation was that time. And I just felt like it was fake and forced, you know? So that same exact story I told my grandmother when I was 21 years old. I'm 28 now. And um, my grandmother, I, again, I'm a personal trainer and I'm a, I'm a people's person. So I'm really good at like noticing body language and details. And I noticed how flustered she, she got. And she was just kind of like, you know, maybe you should just talk to your mom about it, et cetera. So I was like, all right, this is weird. So I called my mom, literally. I just had this feeling. I called my mom and I was like, uh, mom, we need to talk. I go to her house and I literally sit down at the table like this, wait for her to arrive. She's a teacher, by the way. She comes home and um, I didn't know this, but I just literally just asked the question. I was like, mom, who's my real dad? She just breaks down. She cries and she tells me, listen, you know, um, he's not your real father. You know, I had a relationship with someone else after the divorce and, um, you know, it happens. I didn't want this to your biological father to be in your life anymore. So, you know, like, that's it. If you want. I can fly you to Costa Rica. You can meet your father. Da, da, da. 
And listen, at that point, I was 21 years old already. I was blessed to have the man that I had, uh, the grand, the grandfather and the father figure that I had. Um, I was blessed to have him. I was blessed to be raised by my grandparents. And I was like, mom, like, I don't need to like, why? I'm 21 years old. I'm a grown ass man, you know? So everything was fine until she told me, she was like, listen, every, the whole family knew. I was the only person that didn't know. Mind you, I'm 21. And she was like, I told your sister in her quinceanera. And I'm like, my sister's older than me, by the way. Okay. My sister's older. She's, she's four years older than me. I'm like, all right. So I'm, you know, she was cold at her 15th birthday. I wasn't even told my 15th birthday. Like what's going on here? So I was very upset to my family, even to my grandparents. And they mean the world to me. So I disappeared for three months. Um, but again, you know, I don't hold grudges. I utilized that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a positive. I'm going to do something with my life, et cetera. And that's what I did at that time. You know, I was a part-time server, part-time bartender. I was doing little things here and there. And I was working at a gym and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start something of my own. You know, I had the opportunity to go to physical therapy to, to study physical therapy. I was accepted to the program. And, um, I just kind of, I was listening, I'm a huge podcast guy and I was listening to a podcast specifically, uh, Gary V and he just literally just like switched my mind. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. So I right there and then parked my car in the middle of the route, um, on route 46 in New Jersey. Um, I logged into my portal. I dropped out of, you know, the, I was, I already had a bachelor's at the time. I, I'm a, uh, I have a bachelor's in exercise science. But I was going to go into physical therapy and I was like, you know, what? I dropped out of that. I didn't even get my full refund. I was discommitted to it because something clicked and I decided to open up my business, a bark of fitness. That's the shirt that I'm wearing. And here I am, you know, almost uh, 11 years later being a wow. trainer. And that's that's the story, you know, wow. I mean, life. it's pretty amazing that you were able to turn something that could have easily been negative right in your life. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to take some time off, you know, um, look at the resources that are available to me and podcasts podcasts in general are, are such great resources for people like i don't understand people who don't listen to podcasts because i'm like yo this is free education that you're missing it is. um it but, is. and, and, and it's, it's so accessible too you could do it like i don't i don't even listen to music or movies anymore <laughs> like i'm just so invested in like learning and yeah and, and and understanding and hearing different aspects and be open to different perspectives that like, you know, like why? Like I'm driving and I'm listening to a podcast, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially for our community, right? Like our families have come here and they don't know what they, do they don't know and we don't know what we don't know, but we have access to all this information now. And so, uh, yeah, it's a great way to learn. But um, it seems like, you know, like not having grown, not having met your father, seems like it made you appreciate your mom and how she was able to like provide so much for you and your sister and the teacher salary and made you like you still had that positive male presence in your life and it kind of encouraged you to it seems like once you do have kids you will be a very active father in their lives so uh I applaud you for for that for that you know so I think that's that's a great great uh not end but like a great direction that you took your story to yeah um, yeah I I appreciate it and 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 like you said you know it could have easily gone another route my family was, were, they were scared that I was going another route, you know, but even my mother, like she thought, oh, maybe he's, he's going to turn into un drogadito, you know what I mean? Or like an alcoholic too, or mm -hmm. something. And like, I was like, no mom, I'm just, I'm in my twenties. I'm going to, you know, I'm in college. I'm drinking here and there, but like, no, like I'm, I'm fine. You're supposed to yeah. have fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, tell her that. 
but um but yeah i mean it is it, it is what it is and you know you just have to accept it you got to take it in a chin and um you know move on and, and, and keep going forward you know um and and to be honest like my my relationship with my mother didn't didn't improve until until uh my grandfather passed away in 2020 so like we had a decent relationship but it was never very it was like band-aided almost you know what i mean um and once we lost my grandfather and he was literally he was part of my immediate household you know it was my sister myself my mother my aunt and my grandparents they were all in one house you know typical spanish household in in the u.s right and um my grandfather was obviously almost like the head of the household and once he passed away with covid at 96 it was it was a beautiful moment but it, it was sad but it was beautiful for example like it was the worst day of my life. It was horrible, 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 especially during an epidemic like this. You don't even know what's going on. We couldn't, he passed away in, in the hospital by himself. It was during those times where like, you know, like what if they had, he had the family right there, you know what I mean? But, um, and it was a week before my birthday. So what was so beautiful was that the first event where literally the whole family, not only the immediate, but the whole family got together was for my birthday the following week. And uh, what was crazy is that we haven't had like a, a, a crazy family dinner like this in such a long time because there's always family drama, right? Especially as Peruvians, you know, um, we like to kid around a little too much. But um, he, he always had the same seats on the table. And I obviously, I'm Spanish. I arrived late to dinner and it's my birthday, right? I, I arrived late to dinner. Everybody was sitting down and the only chair that was left was my grandfather's seat. And it was like, I wasn't even expecting, and like, it was like an unspoken, you know, thing where like... Passing the baton. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, I didn't even request it. They were waiting for me, and I all, I always had my own chair on the table. Um, and like, just something clicked there, and I just had to be everybody's rock. Like, I didn't let any, I didn't let anyone see me cry about my grandfather's passing, my dad's passing. Um, you know, I was, what really helped me was being the rock for my whole family. And not show emotions, at least in front of them, and just be every be everybody's rock. And you know, it was it was that seat, that mantle that you know I took over, and um, and it was great. And then ever since then, like I just just something clicked into me, and I just started appreciating my mother a lot more. Like just anything, I would I would bend over backward for her now. And back then, you know, I just had a little bit of resentment, and I feel like everything just went away. And I, I think that's the beautiful gift that maybe he he left behind before before he passed which you know which cured the relationship between me and my mother yeah yeah, yeah. and it's so interesting how inadvertently you took over that role right that your grandfather was right. the head of the household and now it's your turn and i'm sure that yeah. he you know trust in your ability to uphold that role um so i think it, there are no coincidence i think that that whole thing happened for a reason I guess I want to kind of discuss something you mentioned a little bit you said you you didn't want to you didn't want to cry in front of your family when your right. grandfather passed away um and so I right now because I listened to one of your episodes talking about like men's uh mental health as well and so right. I also want to make sure that um uh, is it because you think there will be a negative reaction to you showing an emotional, like showing some emotion in front of your family and, or it's just your own personality that you don't want to show that to your, 
you don't want to cry in front of your family. But I guess, do you have an outlet where you can release those emotions as a man? Because I think it's mm -hmm. also important, right? Like as a man to be able to release those emotions right. and hold everything in. Because I think that's one of the reasons why we're having so many um, you know, questions and concerns about men mental health because we are Definitely. not allowing them to express genuine emotion. I don't know. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's many good questions there. I appreciate the question. Um, I I believe I did not show much emotion when my when my dad passed away because, um, you know, I had to be the shoulder that everybody had to cry on. I had a lot of women in in, in my immediate family. You know, again, there was no there was no male figure there, so. It was like an unspoken, oh my God, like, I know, I know, I know, and comfort. I know, I know, comfort. It's like, you know, like I had to take that step forward because nobody else, I did not look around. It was natural for me to take that step forward, especially when, you know, at that moment, everybody was looking to me for advice. I was the one speaking to the doctor, speaking to the nurses, because I'm the only person that was that close to being very smooth in English and in bilingual um, to communicate what he needed uh, in the hospital, et cetera. So like I already took that role. So like when people just started kind of like coming to me just for comfort, I had to take that, take that stone, uh, be, be that person to just, you know, absorb the pain. You know what I'm saying? Um, outlet for, for my emotions is definitely the gym. That's how I got into fitness in the first place you know I was you know just just stopping that 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 story right there how I got into fitness very briefly was I was senior in high school I was heartbroken and during that time my grandfather was actually going through chemotherapy he had prostate cancer at the time listen this man is like a hero he he went through prostate cancer skin cancer bronchitis pneumonia and what got him was was the vid crazy Anyways, wow, so, he overcame so much. I know, and and yeah, so I drove him to chemotherapy in my senior year in high school all the time, and I was just depressed. I was skinny kid, 130 pounds, um, and I was I was in a I was in my emotions. Uh, I was in the state of uh, depression. Okay, I was in a state of depression, and I remember I had a I had a friend. I never joined the gym. I never did anything like that. And I had a friend who invited me to go to the gym, and I just fell in love with the uh, I didn't fall in love with the education and all that stuff, but I fell in love with the stress relief. You know, I felt like it was very therapeutic. I was there for three or four hours. I was just, it, it was a nice outlet for me. Um, and at that time, I didn't know what to major on. So I figured, why not? You know, I like hitting the gym. Why not? You know, so that's how I majored in exercise science and I got my bachelor's in that. But, um, but yeah, going back to our main point was that, you know, that's, that's, that's my main, that's my main outlet. Now, in terms of the macro of men showing emotions and things like that, I think there's a time and a place to show emotions. I think there's there's specific situations where it's 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 okay. Um, but when you are when you are the leader or when you are the captain of a ship, if the captain of the ship starts pan panicking, the whole ship is going to go into riot. Okay, so I think as a male and and as a person who needs to lead into in, in family, into relationships, etc., um, you need to keep your cool and 
you know, I'm sure the captain has an office where he can just be like, oh, my God. But, um, but you know, like when if the sailors or or his employees start noticing that he's panicking, everybody's going to panic. So I think there's a time and a place. The topic of mental health is definitely beyond the scope of my knowledge and my expertise. All right. So let's pivot to your career. On your website, you stated that, you know, you found your purpose uh, by overcoming your own personal hardships, which you just shared with us going through depression earlier in life and then finding out about your father and mm -hmm. then your grandfather passing away. You also say that fitness gave you a second chance at living a healthier life. How how did fitness sort of give you this second chance? And um, and then can you share what is your purpose now that you are more clear about it? Yeah, so, you know, I was not unhealthy. The I think looking at the macro, the the term healthy is many aspects. You know, staying in shape, you know, working out, hitting the gym, etc. Not necessarily to build muscle or lose or lose fat, but you know, again, it could be an outlet. Again, it could be um like a like a therapy, um, but something to improve yourself. Whether it's it's the mental or the physical, it could be both. You know what I mean? Um, healthy could be, or it can include, obviously, diets. Um, and healthy could be, you know, let's say, levels of emotions, levels of happiness. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, there's a lot of different aspects. Uh, I, I was I was not, I was always active growing up. So, you can't say I was I was healthy. I was ate well, you know. I mean, I had a lot of Peruvian food in my, in my uh, dinner table. Um, but I think that unconscious resentment of, you know, not knowing who my father was growing up without a specific father figure, because again, my grandfather, he was two generations older than me. I was third generation. He gave me the foundations and basis. There's only so much a grandfather could do though. You know, like he could tell me, you know, grow up, uh, love your mother, uh, love your family, take care of your mom, take care of your grandmother, take care of your sister. He would always tell me that, you know, he set the foundations, but there's only so much an older man can do. He, he didn't show me how to, how to shave. He didn't teach me about, you know, how to, how to approach women, especially nowadays, you know, back then, you know, it was the romantic and it was all this and that. And, but like, you know, times change. So it was really tough and it, it was tough growing up without a father, a modern father. You know, because again, I, I I did have him as a father figure to to get the foundations. I just want to be very clear about that. But it was very tough growing up without a modern father who can teach me all those aspects. And the people that taught me were were, were women. You know what I mean? I had all women in my household, so it, it's pretty crazy. And I I think that's like a blessing in disguise as well. I can't say it was all negative because most of my clientele is women. So I kind of like I have this empathy. I have this understanding, and all my clients. And even all my friends, they all tell me, even my, my ex-girlfriends as well, they all tell me that I have this aura, especially in person, where first five minutes, you already feel comfortable with me. You could, you could share anything with me. Mm -hmm. And um, and even when you know I'm speaking to people like yourself, people on my podcast, or even when I'm on call, um, speaking to potential clients, trying to sign them up to online coaching, et cetera, you know, first five minutes, they just they, they pour everything out there. And it's just that... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think it's that dynamic where I was just raised by all women and um, I, I can understand the way they think. I can understand their actions. Um, and I think that's very unique, especially in a man. However, you know, it's uh, it's also 
I'm sure it could have been very, very beneficial to have a father figure. But then again, you know, who knows? It's 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 tough to say. I'm sure I, I'd probably be a complete different person if I had both parents, you know, but I can't complain. I can only move forward and I could only try to teach the future the future generation and my offspring about, you know, my experiences and just try to carry on, you know, my legacy and in turn my grandfather's legacy, you know? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. This is a broad question. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier about diabetes in our community. I definitely have yeah. a lot of family members who are suffering from diabetes or have lost their lives because diabetes just kills you very slowly. Um, unfortunately, it's, um, you know, it's, it's something we see in our community or aunts, uncles, grandparents. Um, what role does, obviously nutrition has a role in it, but so does fitness. Um, and I joke with my husband, my husband's not Peruvian, he's from here, that we don't really have the word um, like work. We have ejercicio, right? But like, you know, when you're sore, your muscles are sore from working out. We don't have that word. We just say dolor as in like, pain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and pain and soreness is technically different, but we right. just say pain because there's no such thing as soreness. You just in pain. Yeah. And so I almost want to say we don't have a lot of language around exercise, right? So like can you talk, you know, briefly on the role of fitness in preventing diabetes? Um, you know, kind of like a message, I guess, for our community to incorporate fitness into their life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and this hits home as well. That's a that's an amazing question. Um, it is home because my mother was actually, my mother is actually getting out of the state of pre-diabetic being, being pre-diabetic, you know, she, um, was kind of starting to get into the levels of, of, of pre-diabetic and the best thing you could do is just, is just start it, it start doing something, start being active. I'm not telling, I'm not telling anyone who has type two diabetes to, you know, start running a marathon, hire a trainer, you, you know, obviously you could reach out to me, but um, you know, you don't have to just start with a trainer and start with a gym, just start being active, start, even if it's, you know, um, in, in, in terms of, you know, exercise science and terminologies, even active rest, active rest, meaning something so low, uh, low intense, like walking, just walk instead of, uh, taking that elevator, go up the stairs if you can. You know, it's, it's little steps like that can really make a difference um, and, and control your sugar intake. You know, Th there's this there's this stigma where they say carbs are bad for you. Carbs are not bad for you. However, if you're pre-diabetic, yes, you could arguably argue that carbs are bad for you. Correct. Um, but, you know, if you're in the state of pre-diabetes or you are in diabetes, you obviously need to uh, speak to your healthcare professional um, or provider and, and and follow a proper plan. Um, but in general, this is not advice, but in general, you would want to kind of limit, you know, your sugar intake. You would want to control um, your your consumptions of it. Um, but the best thing, and again, like in my scope of practice, the best thing you could do is, is start moving. And once you start kind of moving and you start, you know, regularly checking your levels at the doctors um, and you start seeing that little improvement, that's going to click in your mind and you're going to be like, okay. I'm doing something, the levels are starting to go down even by one, right? And now maybe it's the best time to maybe join a gym or hire a personal trainer, et cetera. But the thing is just to start moving because the worst thing you could do is be sedentary. And unfortunately, one of the symptoms of diabetes is grogginess, laziness, 
obviously with the obvious um you know like spots you know etc but you know it's just it, it's that is that laziness and you can give in to it and 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 that's something that you you do not want to do or you could try to do something about it and just start start being active take a walk at the mall you know like do something you know yeah um props to your mom for being able to like kind of change direction from being pre-diabetic i actually my dad um 10 years ago was pre-diabetic the doctor told him like look you're in this path and if you don't change course nutrition or your uh, level of activity you're gonna have to take all these medications for the rest mm -hmm. of your life and my dad was able to turn it around like he watched what he ate a bit more he didn't go on a diet just watch what he ate um yeah. and he's you know started Concert. walking yeah he started walking and then he started running i actually did a race with him like a short race with him but it was so much fun to do a race with him um and he turned it around he lost weight um but it's like with fitness it's one of those things that it's not like you're you do it once or you do it for a period of time and you're done it's just like a showering it's like brushing your teeth you exactly. have to do it all the time which is annoying i'm not gonna lie like why can't it just stay put <laughs> right, right right um but it, it but it is and so now he's kind of having issues with his knee and that's kind of made him a little more sedentary and i'm trying to encourage him like yeah sitting down because your knee hurts is maybe not gonna hurt your knee but it's it's a messing up everything else right so long term it's just yeah. it's just long term long term yeah. it may hurt your knee so i mean like that's there's always there's always different aspects or um, di different routes that he can take, you know, specifically for your father, he could always, you know, maybe go swimming, go join a gym and go swimming, he yeah. could ride a bike, there's the elliptical where there's no impact at all, you know right. what I mean, like that, that's something that he can do. And that's, that's an option that he can, he can take. Yeah. All right. So I, uh, when I stalked you on Instagram, I saw that you have uh, women weightlifting, you know, with barbells and um, I do, I do CrossFit and I do weightlifting. So I'm very familiar with weightlifting. I enjoy it right now. I'm in maternity leave, so I'm not doing anything, <laughs> but, right, right. Um, and I miss it, but um, yeah. So tell us, do you still see that women are fearful of weightlifting? In my experience, when I post my own videos of like weightlifting, um, you know, sometimes family, especially Latinas, uh, like concerned they're like mm, you should not be lifting that much or like you're gonna turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger which I'm not <laughs> so <laughs> so what method do you have for women and weightlifting and why is it so important for them or for us <laughs> yeah um great question so first off yes you know the I, I I think the the perspective and the mentality of 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 women lifting weights is starting to change a bit you know there's obviously you know, different reasons, multiple reasons, but one of the major aspects is um, they're, I think they're starting to accept the fact or understand the fact that they're not going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you, like you said. Um, but for the people who, to answer your question, for the people who still think that way, please do not think that. It's, you need to have, um, you need to be able to produce uh enough testosterone in your body to end up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger however women do not men do so if men start lifting weights they're gonna hopefully look like Arnold Schwarzenegger but women do not produce they do they do produce a little bit of testosterone but not to the significant amount to the point where they're gonna end up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger however if you end up taking you know candy and you know injections and things like that you may look into that but you may turn into that however for the general woman, you you will not. 
it's very healthy. You will build some muscle, okay? Muscle will then in turn burn more calories, will then in turn burn fat. And that's what all women want. They want to always look the youngest or try to stay looking young, right? And how do you do that? You want to tone down. How do you tone down? What is toning down? Toning down is losing fat. And if you want to lose fat, that's something that you need to do. Cardio alone is not going to do it. You know, it's good for your heart. Again, Latin word cardio, cardiac. It's good for your heart. It's great for endurance. However, it's not going to help you lose fat. It's not the best route to 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 uh to lose fat. You know, I have a I have a lot of uh women, most of my clients are women. And some of them they they always refer to like, oh, if I do too much cardio, I'm going to turn skinny fat. And I think it, it's funny. It's kind of accurate. Like you will, you will lose weight. Okay. Don't get me wrong, but we're talking about fat here. If you lose weight, again, weight includes fat and includes muscle. And if you're going to lose muscle as well, there's going to be some excess skin. Do you want excess skin? No, you do not. So you want everything tight and toned and nice and perky, right? So if you do, you want to build some muscle. If you want to build some muscle, you need some strength training. If you want you know, to do some strength training and you don't know how to, you need to maybe hire a fitness professional. Yeah. And also there's um, such benefit for women for, from an osteoporosis perspective, because a lot of women lose a lot of uh, calcium and their bones get brittle as the older we get. So the stronger our muscles are, the more we're able to protect our bones. And um, the reason I know this is because my mom is like, I guess, pre- uh, osteoporosis and so uh it's something that i could potentially go through you know yeah. as i'm aging um and i'm trying to prevent that by making sure my muscles stay stay strong right as uh, as i age but yeah i think that's yeah the more women we can get into weightlifting the better i think the healthier we'll all be um okay so we're yeah i think i think and, and just to mention it, yeah. it's, it's ironic and and again we're in a peruvian podcast so i think it's it's, it's okay to say this it's i train a fair a fair amount of peruvians right and I've, since I'm very perspicacious, I'm very detail oriented and I'm, I, I know my environment very well and I understand my environment. For some reason, there's a lot of osteoporosis, osteopenia in Peruvians. I don't know why. Uh, I'm not sure. That's a very good reason. Whoever's listening to this, maybe you guys are researchers. I know there's something there, but there's always parents. One person always have osteoporosis, osteopenia, and I feel like there's, it's very... It's very high in the in the Latin household, but especially in Peruvians. Like my 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 grandmother has osteoporosis. My uh my mother has osteopenia. Like it's 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 you know something with the bones. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a lomo saltado. I don't know. But um, <laughs> not but maybe it's very common. I'm not I'm not too sure why. But um but yeah, it's it's very important to to like you said, build some muscle so you can support your joints. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, so we're recording this um, conversation uh, January 2023. Many people, you know, set goals as they're coming into the new year again, but many people drop those goals by February. We forget them. Uh, what advice do you have for uh, those of us who want to stick to our goals this year and not feel discouraged, you know, when we don't see results right away, maybe we're looking for results in the wrong places. Uh, what mm. advice do you have? The best advice I could give, that's, that's a great question. The best advice I could give is to not focus on the goal. Just focus on being consistent. Because if you focus on being consistent, the goal will come. You know, more, there's there's a lot of people out there that just focuses on the goal and they always feel like they're chasing. You know, and if you change and you, you change that mentality and you change that perspective, you know, um, and you just focus on being consistent on 
taking these steps to eventually reach that you know manifest destiny, that goal, that destination, um, you will achieve it. But if you just focus on the goal, you're always going to feel like you're chasing. You're never going to feel like you're going to reach it. And there's more, the probability of stopping becomes higher if you just keep focusing on the goal. You know, I think just being consistent will, will you know, that applies to fitness, that applies to life. You know, whatever you want to achieve, you need to just focus on being consistent and be productive, you know? Yeah, it seems like, it seems like your advice is like, don't, like, instead of having a goal, like I'm going to lose 20 pounds, maybe reframe that to say, I'm going to be a person that works out on a weekly basis. There you, you know? go. And so, and, and something I heard somewhere else, I don't remember where is that consistency is better than intensity. And many of us, and I used to be one of these people where I was like, all right, today I have three hours to be at the gym. I'm just going to be three hours and that will make up for three weeks of not working out. It doesn't. <laughs> no, no it, 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 it doesn't. And it's, it doesn't. And it's funny you said that because, you know, I'm getting a little older. I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. You know, I'm starting to become an old man. And after two surgeries, you know, um, I want to, I got to a point where like, I just want to maintain, you know, my build. I want to still be, uh, I want to be very well-rounded in all aspects of fitness. I don't want to be that the biggest guy in the room anymore. I grew out of that little stage of mentality. Um, and the best thing for me that worked for me and, you know, depending on, um, some people out there and their goals, the best thing for me was just to be consistent, uh, with working out and think about longevity. Now, if I want longevity in this fitness realm, you know, I need to stay healthy. And if I stay healthy and I continue hitting the gym often, you know, like let's say six days out of the week, which I do now, you know, many people will think, oh my God, like that's, that's way too much. But no, listen to me. It's very low intense. I'm there for a half hour, 45 minutes, you know? And again, within that, I take 15, 20 minutes to warm up. So you can arguably say I'm strength training for maybe 20 minutes or 15 minutes. Then I do, uh, you know, some yoga or some cardio, and then I hit the sauna. I'm only there for an hour. And because it's so low intensity, I do a, let's say a, a push upper body, a pull upper body and some legs, maybe three exercises only in one day that gives me longevity to work out six days out of the week. I'm not going to be sore because like you said, for example, if you, in your case, if you, if you're going to kill yourself for one day for three hours, Matt, you're going to be sore for the next five days. Then guess what? You can only squeeze in one workout in one week. I could squeeze in six workouts in one week because of my program, because of that template, that, that, that setup, that program, you know what I'm saying? So I think little and, 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 uh, little and a little bit more frequent will just kind of give you some longevity instead of just one day I'm going to go kill myself. And then, you know, you're just going to be sore until next week. It's, it's, it's bad. You know? Yeah. I think that's such a great message. Like when you're, when we're thinking of our fitness journey, um, think of longevity, right? You're not doing this for, I mean, maybe you're doing this to fit into a dress, <laughs> you know, by summer or whatever, because I am, I'm going to be a bridesmaid, but, um, thinking of or having the perspective of longevity with your fitness, I think it's key because you're doing this for the long run. You want to be a 40 year old, a 50 year old, a 60 year old, who's able to like squat, who's able to move around, who's able to like pick themselves up from the floor and is not having all these aches, you know? So yeah, I think that that's such a great message. So um, to wrap up, if anybody from our audience wants to connect with you, wants to get some training uh, from you, how can they connect with you? Yeah, guys. Um, 
Thank you for having me, by the way, Nat. It's been a pleasure. It was amazing to uh, share my experiences with you and get to know you a little bit more, um, a fellow Peruvian. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you can contact me. Uh, my Instagram tag is at abarca.fitness. That's at A-B-A-R-C-A -A period fitness. Um, I also have my personal page where I push a lot of my podcast in it. Um, it's at uh, the Brian Abarca. That's T-H-E-B-R-I-A-N-A-B-A-R-C-A. -A Those are my two tags on Instagram. Uh, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, that'll be amazing. Um, it's called the Abar Cast. It's a little play on with my last name. Um, that's A B A R C A S T. So right. the Abar Cast. Yeah, and I'll add all those links to your episode notes so uh, folks can make sure to check those episode notes and uh, connect with you. Brian, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, again, thank you for all your advice. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And yeah, let's stay connected. I'm excited about uh, where life is going to take you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time and, and thank you. Best wishes. Um, this this podcast was great. And and just to leave, leave you guys with a nice quote or something to think about, um, just maybe for some motivation or for inspiration is, you know, sometimes you need to take two steps back to move five steps forward. I think that's that's something I live off of, and it's okay to take a step or two steps back, but you know, sometimes you need to take that step back to progress. Facts. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thanks, hey, no problem. Are you a small business looking to expand your digital footprint? Are you a small business looking to reach more of the Peruvian diaspora in the United States? Consider sponsoring an episode of Peruvians of USA. Peruvians of USA has launched its first sponsorship program. If you're interested, please visit peruviansofusa.com slash sponsors or send us a message on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.